Hello there, and welcome to Stew on This, weekly reflections from my heart. We are up to week seven, and this one's called It's an Inside Job. If you're tuning in for the first time, here's kind of where we're at. <laughs> on one hand, we have this innate urge for bigger, for better, for more in our life. Things we want to do, have, and be, goals and intentions that we think will bring us somewhere else in the future that's better than where we are now. And then on the other hand, the only way I know of of setting the causes in motion that can bring this about, and actually the only way I know of being assured that I'll even recognize and be able to appreciate the better when it comes, is to ground myself in this present moment and to cultivate the garden of my consciousness right where I am. So again, we do this dance between there and here. So how I solve this is by bringing my two hands together and putting them, you know, palms facing and fingers up in front of my heart. This is how we would say namaste to someone. And I love this because it's right here in my heart that this seeming paradox is solved. Because it's solved as I focus on the being part. Not so much the doing or having. And my heart is a good place to do this work from because I think it only operates in the realm of being, in the realm of feeling. Not so much in the realm of thinking, doing, and having. I know this because I do workshops. Uh, They're called Chiropractic from the Heart. And we start every single one uh, by having the attendees write down what their intention is for being there. And as I, we boil it down and actually ask them a series of questions, which are really all the same question, if you got that, what would it give you? And we do that like three or four times and everybody ends up in the same place. They want more joy, more peace, or more love. They want to experience and express more of these things. And I really believe if we had seven and a half billion people at one of my workshops, which, by the way, is a goal of mine, the same thing would happen. So this namaste, this uh, acknowledging oneness with people and honoring the innate intelligence within them and seeing it as, as the same as mine is really, really true because we all have these feelings and we all have these, deepest, these deep desires. So I have found that as I focus my urge to grow on growing me, on growing my ability to be aware of those things and to allow everything else in my life to unfold it works a lot better, more beautifully, and a lot quicker. And, as I mentioned last week, when I plug the intention to experience and express more love in my life, my inner Google Maps gives me the following four directions. Inward, onward, upward, and loveward. And I neglected to thank Liam McLaughlin, my friend, who was the one who recognized that this creates an acronym of I owe you love. Inward, onward, upward, and loveward is where we want to direct our attention, our energy, our focus, our time, again, to bring about this intention to be more so perhaps we can also have and do more. So we're going to spend several weeks on this. In fact, we're going to spend at least two or three weeks on this first direction of inward. So we're going to start our journey to love by pointing our nose inward. And please, this is just a metaphor, because otherwise it might be very painful. (laughs) So the reason we want to 
always be thinking inward. It's because we're, you know, even though we're obviously subjected to energies and circumstances and people um, outside of ourselves, we have to remember that our ability to even perceive them and the way we perceive them and the meaning we give them and our ability to respond to them and actually our choice of how to respond to them, that all comes from the inside. That's all an inside job. I think you probably agree that you and I can look at the same thing and have completely different opinions, completely different reactions, and, you know, um, completely different everythings. The, the best story I've heard about this is actually two stories. There was a high school basketball athlete, a highly recruited by major universities already, and he had a terrible accident and lost the use of his legs. You and I would probably call that a tragedy. Concurrently, there's a guy in his 60s who was blind from birth who undergoes a procedure and gets his hearing, excuse me, his vision restored. And you and I would probably call that an incredible gift and a blessing. Well, I guess it all depends on how you look at it because the high school athlete went on to become a famous wheelchair athlete. In fact, he was the first uh, wheelchair athlete to beat the runners in a marathon. He spoke around the world inspiring people and when asked this direct question, if if you knew what was going to happen when you climbed up that power pole, um, would you still do it? And he said, absolutely, with no hesitation, I would do it. I know myself, I love myself, and I wouldn't change a thing about my life. Hmm. The other guy <laughs> who got his hearing restored, nothing was nearly as pretty or beautiful as he had envisioned his whole life, unfortunately, including his wife. And they, his family was so excited to bring him to see his first sunset, and his comment, even though it was a beautiful sunset, apparently was, it went down. So this guy, this guy actually, sad story, ended up committing suicide. So, yes, it's a pretty dramatic example, but we create our own perceptions, our own reactions, and our own responses to everything, no matter whether it's coming from the outside or on the inside, like our own feelings. We don't see things as they are, many people have said. We see things as we are. We see things based on our filters, our, our programming. So what we're reacting to, even if it's on the outside of us, isn't about what's going on outside of us. It's about what's going on inside of us. Essentially, we're reacting to our thoughts about what's happening. So if that's true, then we don't even see things as we are. We tend to see things as we were, because all these programs and filters came from the past. So here's the deal. If we want something different on the outside, then we have to put our attention on finding something different on the inside. We want to grow in our ability to be more by upgrading our reactions to things, our reactions to life, our reactions to people, and we want to upgrade those to responses, to choices that are in line with our innermost values. We want to take responsibility, which is not blaming ourselves for the reactions, but the knowing that responsibility is the ability to respond, and we all have that. And we want to respond based on what's true about us now, based on our highest perspective, based on love. I 
based my state of consciousness for most of my life on things outside of myself. And, and sometimes, you know, it was okay, and sometimes it wasn't. So my strategy became to essentially manipulate everyone and everything in my environment so I could be okay or happy or loved. Then I discovered, you know, another strategy that I could use my urge to grow, to grow in my own ability to keep my focus inward and respond to life based and, and base my state of consciousness on something much more real, some, something much more eternal, something like love. This is freedom. And, and we're going to be talking about this more next week. But essentially, in order to do this, we, instead of maybe pushing things away or, or grabbing onto them with everything we have, and including righteous indignation and, and anger and, and all these things, we can start inviting things in. And, and not to stay and take up permanent residence and eat up all our food and mess up the house all the time, but, but to invite them in just enough to get to the part of us where we can, again, respond, respond from our values, respond from love, respond from seeing the facts of life from the highest point of view. We, we want to take it past the wounds and the buttons and the filters and the programming. We want to be able to invite it in, not to our little reptile brain, which is caught up in, you know, emotion and memory, but to those parts of our brain that remember the better angels of our nature. This is the goal. But first, and this is what I'm suggesting for today's podcast, two things. I don't know about you, but I, you know, I've grew up in New York City and I've been around the world and I've seen some rough neighborhoods, but I don't know if any of them were any less safe than my own consciousness for most of my life. <laughs> so maybe before we think about inviting anything inward, we better make the neighborhood a little safer. And I, and I have two suggestions for this. First of all, I am assuming you're doing some kind of meditation practice or some kind of reflection or some kind of quiet time or some kind of prayer. And I think this is crucial for this kind of work because, first of all, it would be good for us to gain a little more awareness of what's going on in our head. Because if we want to take responsibility and make different choices, we kind of need to know how we're reacting to things now. We need to know a little more about how our own mind works. And we can discover a lot of that in meditation. But I think maybe even more important for this work and in our meditation practice is practicing finding that place within us or that state within us that is love, that knows nothing but love that place of our spirit, that place of the fourth dimension, that place of our good wolf, whatever you want to call it. The, my favorite is, comes from Howard Thurman, who was a mentor of Martin Luther King. He called it the island of peace in our soul. We want to find that place. We want to start setting up uh, permanent structures on that place. We want to start squatting on that place. We want to start abiding in that place and getting very used to how it feels to be in that place. Then when we start inviting things in, that's where we want to invite them to. That's where we want to look at them from. 
So the other thing is, while we're, while we're following our nose inward with our energy, our time, our focus, and our attention, let's take the opportunity to also send some love and appreciation that way. I think self-love is so crucial for this kind of work because, again, wouldn't it be nice... Wouldn't it be nice if we could take things in, no matter how much they tend to trigger us, no matter where they're coming from, if we could take them in to the island of peace in our soul and allow them to always find this loving welcome. I think we'd be able to respond a lot better from that place. So let's practice self-love. And today... I am again going to assume that you're doing a daily gratitude practice. I just did a workshop in New Jersey, and every single person said they were doing a daily gratitude practice. This was cool, and this was kind of rare. However, when I asked them how many of you include yourself in your gratitude practice, not a single one. So I'm asking you, encouraging you, to begin including yourself in your daily gratitude practice, give thanks for you. <laughs> appreciate, you know, even if you can't think of something, appreciate yourself for showing up. Appreciate yourself for having intentions to be more. Appreciate yourself for all the times, again, you showed up when it was difficult, when you got through something that was difficult. In fact, when you got through something you didn't think you could get through. Appreciate yourself for all the things, all the, the wonderful things you have done to make other people's lives better, even if you can't think of a single one. Let's start making that island of peace in our soul a beautiful, loving, and welcoming place for us and for our own feelings and for our own thoughts. Yes. Namaste. Stew on that. And we'll see you next week.